0: For those who are eligible and registered, casting a vote on Election Day is an important civic duty, and just as important is the work of the Johnson County Election Office, who runs our county's elections. While they have expert and dedicated staff in that office, they can't do it alone. On this episode, hear from Election Commissioner Fred Sherman, who will walk us through this year's election cycle and everything you need to know about being an election worker, including why the public's role is so crucial. You will also hear from an election worker and get her take on why she contributes her time and talents to help ensure successful elections in our county. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, Joko On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us on JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Jody Hansen a Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County government. We have two countywide elections on the calendar for 2022, a primary election in August and a general election in November. Those may seem far away, but the election office is already hard at work planning those elections and recruiting residents to help ensure our elections take place securely and successfully. Election workers are so important for this process. Joining us today, our election commissioner, Fred Sherman, and Susie Martin, a Roland Park resident who not only serves as an election worker, but helps train other election workers. Thank you both for being here today.
1: Hello there, thanks for having us today. I look forward to this conversation.
0: Glad to be here. Fred, let's start with you. We know 2022 isn't a presidential election year, but we still will have some important races. So if you could please talk to us about the year's election calendar, what types of races we can expect on the ballot, and then maybe the timing of when people need to be registered in order to vote in those elections.
1: A great question. And actually, this is going to be a, a pretty active year from an election standpoint, even though it isn't a presidential year. It's an even number year. So it is one of our bigger election cycle years. Um, this is going to be the year where we do a lot of statewide races in terms of the governor's race, um, attorney general, secretary of state, um, those statewide races. Um, obviously, um, congressional rep is up for uh, voting every two years. So that will be another race that we have on the ballot. And then also the uh, Kansas House races will also be on the ballot, um, so that those are kind of the primary statewide uh, main uh, races that are for consideration in 2022. Um, we also will have some uh, local Johnson County races. Uh, the county chairman position is also up for re-election this year, and then we have uh, three uh, basically uh, boards or districts of the Johnson County Board of County Commissioners that's going to be up for election this year. So um, a number of uh, pretty important races on the ballot. Currently, there also is one constitutional amendment that's that's been passed and will be on the August primary ballot on August 2nd. Um, as we record this uh, podcast, I'll say that the uh, Kansas legislation also uh, in the midst of working a number of bills and some of those bills also proposes some additional um, questions or constitutional amendments. So as the Kansas legislative process plays out in the coming weeks or months ahead, there could be some additional items, either on the August ballot and or the November ballot. So that's kind of the broad overview of elections in terms of what's to be considered. Um, There also could be some additional uh, measures on it if any of the cities or school districts or any other jurisdictions wants to put a question or measure on the ballot. So um, stay tuned, there's still more to come from that standpoint. In terms of calendars and deadlines, there are a number of deadlines. Um, Probably the key one for this year is going to be June 1st, and that June 1st is a pretty important date, maybe not necessarily from the voters, but from a number of standpoints. June 1st is the filing deadline, so all the candidates have until June 1st to file. Um, That's also the deadline for any candidates who've already filed to withdraw from the ballot. So even though currently we have, for example, the uh, chairman race for the county commission race We currently have four candidates, so that will trigger a primary race in August. Um, There could be some additional candidates that file for that or other races, or there could be candidates that I'll withdraw that's already filed from that standpoint. Um, One of the other interesting components here this year is this is a redistricting year. So every 10 years um, with the census numbers that come out, and they were released this last year, So Kansas, the uh, state legislation is going through a process of redistricting um, the state for both congressional representative districts as well as state house and Senate districts. So some of the uh, Kansas House members may not know which race they're gonna be in until that redistricting process is concluded. And again, we hope that that's concluded well before the June 1st deadline. So that June 1st deadline is also very important for voters Um, because it's also the date that if you want to change your party affiliation, you can do so by June 1st. And to do so, you need to re-register to vote to affiliate with a party. So um, basically, every two years, this August primary is the only time that a voter really has to declare, and we really have uh, an interest in terms of their party affiliation, because this August ballot is really the nominating process for the two major parties here in Kansas. There are three recognized political parties here in Kansas, the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, and the Libertarian Party. The Libertarian Party is a minor party, so they go through a different process for nominating their candidates. But the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, the August primary is their nominating elections. So in essence, we're going to be conducting almost three separate elections for that August primary. We're doing one for the Republican Party, one for the Democratic Party. And then also any um, kind of at large measures at it. So, if you are currently registered as a either Libertarian party or with the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, and you want to vote on a different party's ballot, you have until June 1st to re register to affiliate with that party. It's very confusing at, from this standpoint, but again, that June 1st deadline is the key important deadline if you want to do it. We also have about unaffiliated voters, and those are voters who have not affiliated with a political party. Um, You do not have to to affiliate with a party. Um, Every voter in Johnson County will receive a ballot on the August measure. And for example, the county commission races, as well as any of the constitutional amendment questions, any voter will vote on that. But typically, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, you need to affiliate with their parties to vote on their ballot measures. And any unaffiliated voter can change or affiliate with a, a party up to and including on election day. So if you're currently an unaffiliated voter, you're fine. You do not have a June 1st deadline. But if you are currently affiliated with a party, one of the three parties, and you want to change that party affiliation, June 1st is the deadline to do so. So a lot of a lot of information there. But again, that June 1st is the first important deadline for voters if they want to change their party affiliation.
0: That's a, that's a good date to keep in mind. A lot of good information there. So, um Let's talk about kind of the back end on what happens to make these races uh, go as as smoothly as they go. I know a big part of that is election workers. So if you can talk about the need for election workers this year, Fred, how many do you need? Maybe how many do you have? Uh, And what kind of jobs will they perform? So
1: actually creating and implementing an election is a multifaceted operation where a lot of things happen concurrently all coming to the head um, coming up to election days, um, both in August and November. And uh, you know we have some full-time staff, but not enough staff to basically be able to implement all the different facets in terms of what needs to be done. So we'll need between probably 1,000 to 2,000 election workers in various capacities to help us out, um, ramp up, and then actually do the operations of servicing voters, actually providing the um, opportunities for voters to do so. And that's a wide range of operations from basically working at a polling site on election day, or we're going to have a number of advanced voting sites this year. And again, we'll need a good uh, crew of election workers to help service the voters on that aspect of them. In Kansas, we also have vote by mail. So we have a a, a work crew and a special board that kind of helps us through the the mailing process for that. We also have a lot of other needs in terms of training. Um, logistics in terms of setting up the election equipment, delivering the equipment. So a wide range of that aspect as well as just part-time seasonal folks that help us with the voter registration process as, as well. So a broad range of aspects in terms of what all we can do in terms of having election workers. So it's not just election day. We have a need particularly in will be uh, June and July as we ramp up for the August election. And then I'll probably in late September and October is the next time frame where we'll need a good Um, grouping of election workers to help us
0: out. Okay, great. Thank you. And and Susie, you're here as an election worker. Um, So I'd love to hear more about you and your story. Uh, What's it like to be an election worker? How did you get started? And how long have you done it?
2: Well, thank you. Uh, I have been an election worker since the uh, general election in 2016. And I came on board at the request of a um, one of the trainers for election workers to assist her in training election uh, workers for that presidential election, and since that time, I've been hooked. I I love working as an election worker. Uh, I've I've participated not only as an election worker working small elections, but the presidential elections, to me, no election is small. They're also very important. Uh, I, I enjoy um, being able to, to know the process of, of how votes uh, work from the point of view of the voter. Uh, I've been able to be an assistant supervising judge, which just has a little bit more responsibility. And I've most recently acted as a supervising judge, which allows me not only to, to guide the team, Team that I'm working with and, and pull them together as a group, but then also to assist the voter in understanding the process. I, I get very excited about voting, and I believe I'm a voting geek. Uh, I, and, uh, and no two elections are alike. Um, I just really love it.
0: I And when we appreciate you and the other election workers who do that. I actually did it as well in 2016. Yeah. Um, as in the, same, the assistant supervisor judge, and I remember that the, the supervisor judge, the one in charge of it, just knew so much. It was so impressive to see how talented and how much expertise that person had. Yeah, it, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. Mm-hmm. So Fred, can you talk a little bit about the time commitment somebody can expect if they're going to maybe try this for the first time? How much time does it take? Um, maybe talk a little bit about the training and people might want to know, do you know do they get paid for this time or is it just volunteer?
1: So again, we, we rely on a number of workers of them. Uh, traditionally, most people have wanted and kind of targeted for that election day aspect, and that is a full day. We do uh, require our workers to work the entire time frame. Um, some of this gets into the security and kind of chain of custody and basically being able to accountable who all is basically overseeing and in charge of a polling site. So uh, working on election day is a long day. Uh, Poll sites are open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and we require our election workers to arrive beforehand to help set up a polling site, stay the entire day. And then once the last voter has voted either on or after 7 p.m., they got to go through a closing process. So it is a a long day to work on election day. Um, We also will have a number of advanced voting sites. Um, this year. And those will happen uh, a few weeks before the election days, both in uh, both the August and, and uh, November election days. So we'll have some dates in July as well as late October. And uh, those will have uh, both Monday through Friday as well as Saturday voting. So some people that um, can't get off on a Tuesday election day, if they want to try election workers, will have some weekend opportunities for them to to engage as a traditional election worker as well. So the election workers go through and are required to have training. Um, Typically, in the past, we've kind of done either a half day or a full day on site training through the kind of the change of the uh, pandemic and the aspects that we everyone's doing. We're we're basically gravitating more to some online training opportunities as well. We still have some hands on needs, uh, particularly for some brand new election workers. Susie can talk about the training aspect because she's really helped us in that component of them. Um, So there will be some online training opportunities for election workers. But anyone who's brand new, we will require them to do some uh, personal or on-site training because they get familiar with the uh, voting equipment, um, some of the terminology and techniques in that aspect of them, because the main service is to service the voters, is to basically give voters the opportunity to do so. Um, It is, for the most part, volunteer work, but there is a stipend um, that is paid to election workers. Currently, our rate is $110 a day for working as an election worker. And then we do uh, provide an additional $25 stipend once you complete the training program. Um, So again, some folks that want to work multiple days, and we do have a lot of folks that like working those advanced voting sites, where they able to work multiple days as we open those advanced sites prior to both the August and November election?
0: And Susie, I'd love to hear about the training from your point of view, both by someone that's gone through the training and assisted with the training. I'm sure there's people out there that think, how am I going to get ready? This sounds interesting and um, like something I'd like to do, but how do I know I can even do it? So talk us through that.
2: Well, Judy, I can tell you that training that you experienced in 2016 is very different than the training that we have set up now. Uh, that, was a, that was a small crowded environment. Everybody was, was uh, eager to get their hands on those pull pads and, and to learn from them. But now we have basically a lab setting set up uh, for uh, new workers and even returning workers, if they want to, if they come in, choose to come into the lab to get experience to re remember what they do from one election to another because nobody has this mastered. We all are learners for every uh, election. And it is my goal, as well as the team of people that have been gathered to help with training, to make sure that uh, a, an election worker feels confident. Uh, for election day and that they can be the most valuable team member uh, for their polling group uh, as possible on election day. And we do that by answering questions, by guiding, by leading, uh, experiencing uh, the different situations that occur on an election day so that they know they are a part of a team, the rest of the team that's working with them on election day has gone through the same training Collective minds are able to uh, come up with the solution or an answer to any kind of question. And all of that is to serve our voters because our job is to help voters vote.
0: And and they sure appreciate what you do. And I know the election office does too. Um, Fred, let's talk about a few other election related items that people might be curious about right now. Maybe you could give us some numbers on how many polling places they'll, that you plan on having on Election Day, and maybe also talk about things like advanced voting. You know, are, are the sites going to change from the previous year? Uh, anything new with mail-in ballots? Just what can people expect overall in 2022?
1: So let me start with the broad perspective and, and basically kind of reflect here in Kansas, and it's been this way since, well, we're a little over 25 years, since 1996. Um, voters have any one of three options of how they can vote or participate in an election. They can vote in person at a polling site on election day, and that will be to their designated polling site, because we're still precinct-based on election day. So there will be one designated polling site um, for a voter that needs to attend. They can vote uh, in in person at an advanced voting location, and advanced voting can begin up to 20 days prior to the election cycle. Um, And Johnson County voters have really embraced that in-person advanced voting process. And the third way is in Kansas, you can also vote by mail. And Kansas is considered kind of a no excuse by mail voting state, which means you don't have to have a particular uh, situation or criteria to vote, but you do have to make an application uh, to vote for each election cycle. So those three options are available for every election cycle here, both the August primary and the November elections in Kansas. Um, so we have, uh, have a good number of election day polling sites. Um, They've gone down through the years, basically, as we've had some challenges and tried to consolidate some areas. So we'll probably have between 140 and 150 uh, polling sites on election day coming up this election cycle here in 2022. Um, We, in fact, are right now are kind of uh, finalizing those sites with the uh, locations. Most of our sites do not charge us. They're just letting us open the doors and be there on election day. And we really appreciate those partners to allow us to have those those election day voting sites. So, again, it's a little little fluid, probably between 140 or 154 election day. The other component is advanced voting. And, again, as I mentioned before, that Johnson County voters have really embraced that advanced voting. Um, Traditionally, we offer advanced voting Monday through Friday, typically from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., and then we offer Saturday advanced voting, uh, which is typically 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. on those Saturdays. In fact, Saturdays are probably our uh, most uh, popular voting days for those advanced voting sites because you get busy in your life, you get you know issues come up, and those you can do it on any one of the time frames. So I'm proud to announce that this year for the 2022 election cycle, we are likely going to be offering 16 advanced voting sites uh, for the 2022 election cycle. Um, in, the, in these even number of years, we do them in a kind of extended on um, a two plus weeks time frame. We'll be opening them on Saturdays and we're going to open them in two ways. So we're looking at first opening nine advanced voting sites on uh, one wave on a Saturday and then a week later opening seven additional voting sites um, to basically have 16 voting sites uh, for almost uh, seven, eight voting days leading up to the election. So more information is going to come out on those on the specific locations. A lot of them are ones we've used in the past. Um, Arts and Heritage, Hilltop Center, Northeast Offices, the Election Office, Sunset New Century. Those are ones that we've used in the past years that a lot of voters. But we have a lot of new partners that are allowing us to use sites um, for these kind of these pop-up sites. that are going to be one week long ones. And that's going to include Westwood City Hall, Shawnee City Hall. Um, Leawood City Hall, and a few other locations throughout the county to kind of be able to provide good opportunities for voters to vote here in the 2022 election cycle.
0: Well, I I think we'll all appreciate the the more opportunities, uh, the advanced voting, having it on Saturdays for those of us who work um, is a a nice benefit to living in Johnson County. So I I appreciate that. Uh, So Fred, as you know, there has been some conversation out there. Questioning if elections are fair, if they're secure, if they're accurate here in Johnson County. So, for those that may have have questions themselves, maybe they've heard something um, about our elections. What do you say to them?
1: So, Johnson County elections are uh, safe and secure. They're fair. They're accurate, and they're going to be accessible. So, all those things apply, and for the most part, we comply to the Kansas um, established voting laws um, here in Kansas. We are a voter ID state. Um, so there is a requirement for voters to provide their identification prior to voting, whether that's in person, either on election day or advanced voting, or if you vote by mail. Again, there's a, an application process where a voter has to provide their identification to apply for a mail ballot. And that's even to receive a mail ballot. Once the mail is sent out to the voter, that voter, again, is goes through a security process where they are able to cast their ballot, put it into an envelope specific to that voter, sign that envelope, comes back. And again, that goes through a security process. Um, as, as people will learn when they become and go through election work training, it's a very secure environment. We do a lot of two-person integrity. Uh, we, we have a lot of checks and balances systems throughout the entire process we do a lot of what's called balancing. That's a very key term in elections where we account for every ballot and every voter. And we make sure we know how many voters checked in to vote and we know how many ballots have been cast at any one location, a polling site or event by mail. And we keep those numbers in balance to ensure that we have one voter who's cast one ballot. So again, Johnson County elections are safe and secure, they're fair, they're accessible, and they're gonna be accurate
0: great good information there thanks for for providing that um Susie let's say that there's someone watching this or listening this that thinks oh this is kind of an interesting idea to be an election worker maybe they're a bit curious but they're on the fence and maybe they need a little bit of convincing what would you
2: say to to that person come on board come on board you, you learn a lot about uh the Johnson County election process by being an election worker and uh I I, I tell people I recruit quite often I've recruited family members neighbors and uh, uh, I, I tell them this is the best longest day you will ever serve your community and it's it is uh, you, you're excited in the morning you're excited through the day to help voters and then the closure at the end of the night and it's a job well done uh, I tell people that, uh, like Fred said, uh, about the security and the fairness and 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 all the, the laws that our processes are based on, that if you want to know how voting works in Johnson County, be an election worker. It, it's the best one-day job you could ever have.
0: Well, I think that's a great way to end. Hopefully there will be lots of people who hear this or watch this and and sign right up. And speaking of that, Um, The the Johnson County Election Office website is a great resource, both all of the information that was shared today, you can find a lot of information about the calendar about races, Uh, you can go to the website and apply to be an election worker, you can register to vote, you can view a ballot, a lot of good Resources there that's jocoelection.org. So, great place to keep learning about this topic and and get ready for August and November. Uh, But they shouldn't wait that long, right? If they're interested in being an election worker, um, is this the time that people should start applying?
1: That is correct. So, go to the website, uh, there's a tab on there to be an election worker. It'll take you to a portal where you can input your information. You'll go through a little bit of a survey kind of aspect to kind of your preferences and what you're looking for. We'll get you locked in and in the database for election worker training. So we'll have some communication with election workers between now and prior to the August election. Um, for the most part, election training for the August election will probably start ramping up in earnest right after the 4th of July weekend. So we'll be starting in early July to get ready for that um, August election. But we'll have some communication dialogue with people that want to sign up and have some, some interest in election workers between now and that time time.
0: Great. Well, Fred Sherman, Susie Martin, thank you so much for spending this time with us. I think we got some great information out there. And again, um, if you're interested in, in applying, if you're interested in learning more, check out jocoelection.org. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JoCoGov. For more on this podcast, visit JoCoGov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.